This is the remix. Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas Studios, this is the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff. You want some more breaking news? Boy, it's this, coming like crazy this morning. This is official from Allegiant Stadium's Twitter account. Chelsea is going to play Club America in Vegas on oh. July 16th. Okay. Will you be there? Uh, I think I'm out of town on July okay. 16th, so probably not. <laughs> if I'm in town, I will. Uh, yeah, nope. I will be on vacation that day. All so, right. no. That will not be happening for me. That's unfortunate. Christian Pulisic will be back uh, playing in Allegiant Stadium. So, uh, yeah, there's another soccer game official. This is not from Madrid Zone. This is from Allegiant Madrid Stadium. Zone. Hey, don't rip on Madrid Zone. Those You're guys right. could be—they could be the most accurate people in the they world. We don't be. know. We don't know who they are, but they could be very accurate. They might be. No clue. No clue what's happening over there. Um, all them. right. I do want to jump a little bit back into the Golden Knights. We've had, obviously, the offseason will be dominated here at the start by the coaching search and who the next coach is going to be. But eventually, they're going to have to make some roster changes because they're over the cap for next year. They can't bring back the roster that they currently have. And if they think they want to bring back Riley Smith, who is an unrestricted free agent, then they have even more work to do to get back under the salary cap. The Athletic posted a story that was basically looking at players on the roster and, you know, Who's most likely to be back? Who's most likely to be gone? That type of stuff. You know, uh, Jack Eichel is most likely to be back type of thing. But these were the players named as uh, likely gone. So these are guys that they think they're gone. Evgeny Dodonov was listed as likely gone. Laurent Brossois and Matthias Janmark. Now... The logic on Evgeny Dodonov well, is pretty simple. Well, they already tried simple. to get rid of him. <laughs> they tried to trade so, him once. <laughs> it won't be so too, too much of a surprise if they try to move on from yeah. him. They'll probably try to do it again. Um, Laurent Brossois, this is the interesting one to me, and we've talked about the goalie spot here. He's under contract next year for $2.3 million. It's pretty clear to me, and I think to everybody, that Logan Thompson is going to give you most likely a better goalie and be significantly cheaper. He's only going to cost him $766,000 next season against the cap. That's, you know, $1.5 million you save right there. But the problem with potentially moving on from Laurent Brossois is Robin Leonard's health status. And we, we don't know. And the Golden Knights apparently don't know either. They won't know for a month what the timetable is. Right. And so, you know, best case scenario is in a month they find out, oh, Leonard will be ready to go for the start of the season. And if that's the case, then Leonard and Logan Thompson are your goalies for next year. You can let them fight for who's the actual starter, whatever. You can do a 50-50 split. But those are your two goalies. You should probably feel pretty comfortable with that. And Laurent Brossois can be traded. Now, the Golden Knights would probably have to give up something to trade him because I don't think anybody's going to really want him. But if you're trying to shed salary cap space, that's an obvious place to do so. That's the best case scenario for the Golden Knights. The worst case scenario is Robin Leonard has to miss three plus months of the season, right? We're talking about Robin Leonard's out till Christmas right. at the earliest. And you're talking about can you play 30 games? Can you, pl- can you get through 30 games? with Thompson and Laurent Brossois as your goalies. And even if that's the case, and you say, yeah, we can do that, you're still ultimately eating that $2.3 million against the cap in Laurent Brossois that you'd rather not eat. So that, to me, is a fascinating one. I don't know what happens and don't have any idea because we just we don't know if Leonard's going to be healthy. 
No, I mean, I, I think you and I both said the other day that we think it's going to be a lot longer than they're letting on. And if it's a lot longer than they're letting on, they have to, ha- they have to you know, make decisions on the goalies. Um, these, who, want, who wants Bressois at that That's money? That's the thing. Yeah, I mean, you're, Nobody you're wants trading him, at that him away with a, like, I don't know, fourth round pick or something. Like there's going to be a there, there will be a team that's like, oh, we've got 20 million in cap space. Uh, yeah, you want to give us a third round pick? Yeah, we'll take on this goalie and your third. Like so that that'll be possible. But again, you're going to have to eat a third round pick to do so. But that's probably better than going into the season with that against your salary cap if Robin Leonard is healthy, and that's a, a big if at the moment. So the goalie situation will be very interesting and very health dependent. Uh, on Robin Leonard, but some of the names that's possible cap casualties that were listed here. Robin Leonard was one of them. Um, I think that's going to be difficult to do unless there's a clean uh, slate or he's healthy, I guess, uh, if we find that out. But some of the other names, Max Pacioretty, William Carlson, Alec Martinez. Of those three, which one do you think would most likely be moved in a, hey, we need to clear some salary cap space? I keep coming back to the same name, and I still think Pacioretty. I still th- I, I keep coming back to Pacioretty. So I do wonder if the Golden Knights, and they have not taken this approach yet. Every time they have done sort of a, hey, we've got to get under the salary cap, they've taken a, hey, what's the e- what's like the easiest way, what's the least we can affect our roster We'll eat some picks or whatever. We'll get bad value on the trade. I do wonder if there's any level that they'll look at it and say, which player can we trade and still get something back in return? Which player will actually give us value in return? And Max Pacioretty makes the most sense to me if you're just trying to shed salary cap space. But this hits like $7 million. Seven million. He's thirty-three. You're probably not getting any. Like, hey, it's Max Pacioretty, and you get back a fifth-round pick, right? Which is terrible value for what Max Pacioretty is. But I do wonder. William Carlson's twenty-nine, much younger. His cap hit is five point nine, much less than Max Pacioretty. Could you trade William Carlson and actually get value in return for William Carlson? And would they be willing to do that? rather than trade Max Pacioretty for just a sixth-round pick. Well, he had an eight-year deal, right, when he started, and he signed through 26-27 with, like you said, a $6 million kip, a cap pit, 5.9. So if you believe in William Carlson and you believe the guy he was here, you know, more so that the guy was here the first year than the last year, maybe you could get value back on him. That's a, You know, he's not a UFA until 27-28. Right, right. A lot. There's a lot of team control right. for William Carlson. And... 29, but that, I, I don't know. That's the thing. He's 29 now, and you've got, what, five more years? Or it'd be four 34 more, when that thing's, yeah. well, it'd be 34 when he's a UFA. Right, and so he's already had a massive decline in production. He had a, He's coming off his basically worst year in Vegas production-wise. I think even that, it might be hard to find somebody that truly values William Carlson on that contract. And so I think at the end of the day, what we're looking at is the Golden Knights, if they're going to truly get under the salary cap, it's going to have to be a dump guys off and get almost nothing in return again. There's a, there's only one guy on the roster that I look at that I, that I think they could absolutely trade and get something good in return, and it's Shea Theodore. Because he's 26, he's signed for $5.2 million, and he's under contract for three more years. I think if they traded Shea Theodore, they would actually get something good in return. The rest of the guys on the roster... They might be looking at sort of, hey, 
either giving up a pick or just getting back a fifth round pick or a Mikel Hekarainen and like they did with Flurry. Like, I think it's going to be a rough off season of trades for the Golden Knights where they get rid of somebody and it's like, wow, they got absolutely nothing in return for a good player. Do you, uh, any feelings on Alec Martinez? 5.2 cap hit signed through. He's only signed through two more years. He's 34. Um, I, I can't imagine anybody would really, really want Alec Martinez at that, at at that cap hit. Million. Right. And like, and again, this, it all comes back to the Golden Knights have no leverage. They're over the salary cap. Teams know they have to make trades to get under the salary cap. So if the Golden Knights were not, if they were, if they were right at the salary cap and they were just making trades to try to somehow make their roster better, then yeah, you could probably get something for Alec Martinez, but at 34 and 5.2 million, that's a that's a contract and a player that you're most likely having yeah. to give something up to get rid of or get something very little in return. And the other part, I know he came back and played, but like he what did he miss? 2 months? Was it more than 2 months yeah, after he, missed, he got yep, the cut to the yep. face? Like I know he came back and played, but there is still a level of how how healthy is he? Like right. is he good? Like that that's still a legitimate question mark for Alec Martinez. They didn't so get it's m- a Go ahead. I was gonna say it's a brutal spot to be for them. Like they're they're in a terrible spot for the salary cap because they've got to move somebody. Everybody knows it, and there's not many contracts that teams would actually be lining up to take off. No, I mean they didn't get much out of anything, and he's a very small cap hit, so I don't know if it matters out of Nolan Patrick as well. He's listed here from the Athletic. Um, yeah, one point two cap hit. He's signed for one more year, but they didn't get much of anything out of him. I guess. You know, that's much of, could you move him? That's not much of a cap hit, and you only have one year of control over him. Yeah, it it depends on what they end up actually having to do because obviously if you trade away Max Pacioretty, that's a $7 million that's a big cap hit, hit yeah. and that's, that's one big player you move out that creates a lot of space for you or gets you back under the cap or whatever. But you can they can probably, maybe, I don't know, we'll see what exactly they end up trying to do with long-term IR and Robin Leonard. But they can maybe like if you combine. Laurent That's what I was going to say. You can, yeah, Brassois and Dion Mark Nolan and Patrick. Patrick. Right. Right. Like you can start combining a lot of these guys, Chandler Stevenson, that make one, two, three million dollars, and it's like okay, if we get rid of four of these guys, then hey, we're under the salary cap, and we don't have to get rid of Pacioretty or Carlson. Right. But if you get rid of four guys, you you still have to have four guys on the roster that are making you know. So that means the depth of your roster gets significantly worse. And that we saw that be a problem this year when they ran into injuries that all of a sudden Keegan Colasar is playing on the power play. Michael Amadio was claimed off waivers and played a bunch of games this year. Jonas Ronberg played. Did he play like 30 games? He played 30 games. Like all of a sudden you run into those guys playing a lot of minutes or being on the power play with a couple of injuries. And you're like, Oh, this didn't work out very well for us. So, I'm I'm fascinated to see what approach they take, and at the end of the day, I won't be surprised when they go out and sign some free agent for like seven million dollars and say, "Ah, we'll make it work. We'll figure out a way." We're sitting here wondering who they're going to cut, and they're about to say who they're going to add. Right. We're gonna. I'm gonna have to go find who the best, who are the highest priced free agents, because that's the real show we need to do on who are they going <laughs> who are they to gonna sign? add without yes. cutting anybody? Because it's going to happen. You know, it's going to happen. All right. Coming up next, Sam and Ash join the show. Call Sam and Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit their website, samandashlaw.com. Sam and Ash, because you deserve what's right.
Tyler muted. Oh, that's okay. Well, he'll join us soon. Hi, hi, Ash. How are you? I'm great, Ed. Yeah. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, it's myself and Danny here today. Jared, I think, is still sleeping. Uh, oh. and Tyler might be muted. I'm here. Oh, I'm there he here. is. There he is. Listen, <laughs> when I have to unmute myself, things don't go well. Yeah. There he is. <laughs> so, all right. It, Ash, it's just, just you today. No Sam? No Sam. No okay, Sam. spectacular. So... <laughs> We have a fun Raider story from the New York Times that has a lot of details in there, and I'm sure we'll get to some of these. But I am—I was curious about one thing that maybe you could walk me through exactly how this works. There was a former HR employee that was quoted by name in this story, and she said in there that she did not accept a severance package from the Raiders when she was let go, and that the implication was she didn't accept it because it included like a hey, you can't talk about this, a non-disclosure agreement. How exactly does that work? And if you like get fired and take severance, do you have to take the NDA they put with it? No, not at all. Actually, it's really interesting. So when you put in your notice or you're being let go, uh, what happens is, is employers and organizations, they often want an NDA, a non-disclosure, non disparagement agreement from you and and the way they have to do that is they have to give you something in exchange so in this severance package it would be you know if she was being let go for whatever reason it would say here's you, the compensation for you to find jobs for your loyalty over time and then here's an additional compensation on top of it in order for you to sign this document and it happens a lot a lot of people do it um it happens very frequently where employers will tease employees with a, a check. They usually sit there with a giant check that an employee <laughs> wants, you know, they're like, oh, that's a lot of money. And I can have that now if I just sign this document. Um, it's tempting and a lot of people do it and some regret it and some don't. And you just have to be careful if you sign one of those, uh, you have to abide by it. It's, I want to ask about NDAs also, because if let's say I sign one today and they hand me the check, you know, today and a week from now, a, a reporter calls, and I'm like, you know what? I've got some things to say. Is it just as simple as I'm paying them the money back? Can they sue me for damages? I mean, what can they go after for me if I've signed that NDA, and yet in two weeks I talk anyway? Oh, yeah. If, you, if you've signed the NDA and cash the check, and then you decide to talk, you change your mind, that's going to be a problem, and you're likely going to see a lawsuit coming your way or a, a cease and desist letter first from a lawyer saying, Ed, shut up. Right. Um, you, you signed this document. You agreed to specifically not do this. And we're likely going to have damages. And usually in those agreements, it'll outline what type of damages they they are already calculating and anticipating from you talking. And so, yeah, you'd see a, a hefty little request for payment. I don't don't do it, Ed. No, I won't. They're not giving me any money. What are you, crazy? <laughs> no one's paying me anything. He still gets the emails, though, to say shut up, Ed. Though. Yes, exactly. I get the regardless. emails from people when they uh, read the column, but no one's offering me a check. Hey, now, speaking of columns, I, I read one of yours about the Little League, oh, and I loved it. Thank you. Thank you. We, Ron Kankowski and I did a little uh, package on um, travel ball and if it's, uh, if it's good for kids and high school ball, and I said, you know what? I covered the Little League World Series with Mountain Ridge, one of the best things I've ever covered in my life. It was the coolest thing. So I said, I'll go back and spend a day at Summerlin North and see how the boys are. Man, yeah, you no. volunteered to go write about kids again? Oh, it was what awesome. What a nightmare. I was awesome. What a nightmare. <laughs> 
Oh, Little League's fantastic. The leave best. them keep alone. The <laughs> keep the kids away. They, they can leave me alone. I'll leave them alone. You, I don't want to be anywhere Ash, near kids. Can you see Tyler at a Little League game with all the kids and the kid, the, the siblings on the scooters and running around almost hitting them with the scooters and the bikes? It'd be like oh, his, no. worst night, it'd be his worst nightmare. I would actually like Tyler to do the color commentary of a Little League game oh, and just highlighting the stats. Yes. Just ripping all the zeros, all the goose yeah. eggs, you know. Ripping children. Too many errors. You got to get that kid off a of third base. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Booted three special, straight ground balls. It'd be a special broadcast. <laughs> um, some of the actual details in this story on the Raiders here. They have a lot of settlements, according to the story, where they've paid $1.25 million. They've paid $325,000. They've got undisclosed payments to settlements. But one of the ones that I was really curious about is they had a former scout uh, who worked for 12 years for the Raiders, and he ended up suing the Raiders. And in his lawsuit, he said that he was demoted uh, after he told the team that he and his wife were expecting a child during the football season and that he expressed concerns about balancing football his work and his family responsibilities and ultimately got fired over this now they settled out of court so there wasn't actually a conclusion to the lawsuit um what exactly how exactly do you prove hey i was fired or i was demoted because i'm having a child and i wanted to spend more time at home like what exactly do you need to prove that that's why you got let go well, I mean, it's going to be interesting, but the timeline will prove it. There's like, I mean, guys, it's we're, it's 2022. There are text messages, there's emails, and the timeline. You know, we know the wife was pregnant. He probably made an announcement about it, about the pregnancy and the expectation to have a child that was born in the middle of the season. And then he subsequently let go. In the law, you can say, you know, the actions speak for themselves. Uh, it just, the timeline adds up. But I also anticipate there being some type of email or text message between this uh, employee and either HR or supervisor or another friend colleague in the industry. Ash, if you went to most large corporations, and I, I just don't think, and I want to get your thoughts on this and all the cases you've seen and, and when lawsuits come forward, is this a surprise to you and would be people shocked as to how much this goes on in like big corporations, big companies? Look, it, I'm not shocked. When I read when I read this article on the New York Times about the Raiders organization, I'm not shocked at all. Look, large organizations, especially when they have, have the appearance of having a lot of excess and discretionary money to fly around, um, things happen like this. Uh, you know, people think they can get a quick payday. Remember, a lot of this is accusations. A lot mm -hmm. of it's all behind closed doors. So we don't know whether these settlements are truly just calling, you know, it's basically risk mitigation. I'm, our energy is better off focusing on developing the team, reorganizing the office, whatever, rather than fighting this fight. And look, I, I read that Mark Davis was relatively hands-off. And then all of a sudden it comes to Vegas and now he's more hands-on. And that's when you start seeing top officials leaving, getting terminated, et cetera. So sometimes both sides get frustrated with what they see. The, the top officials might have enjoyed the freedom they had previously, and they don't like being micromanaged. And also, Mark Davis doesn't seem happy with what he found when he dug into it. And so it, it's a lot, a lot of that happens when you start, when bosses start taking over and being more involved. So I just recommend if you own a business, be hands-on and be focused and involved from day one. 
So one of the lawsuits was um, to cheerleaders who sued for say, basically saying, hey, we're being paid less than the minimum wage based on how many hours they were working. And for a four-year period, they ended up getting a $1.25 million payment. When you see that number, did that jump out as a big number, a small number, or sort of a normal uh, number in terms of the $1.25 million for a lawsuit on you know being underpaid? You know, I don't know how many cheerleaders it involves because that's always okay. the math you want to do. You want to—I mean, there was another stat in that article about 65 employees were given a $25,000 settlement, and you do the math, and that's 300 bucks a pop. So uh, I just don't know how many employees it involves or cheerleaders it involves. But sometimes it's a large number, and but a lot of times it's not. Want to get to the Brittany Griner situation? Uh, still remaining in custody in Russia for at least another month. Judge denied her request for house arrest. Uh, excuse me, arrest, forcing her to stay in jail for another thirty days as the trial comes near for the WNBA star. Um, are you surprised her request for house? Given the charges, and I, I mean it is Russia, so I, I'm not sure, you know how <laughs> how uh, how much house arrest is uh, uh, approved there. But are you surprised her request for house arrest was denied given the charges? Absolutely not, guys. Right now, this is more of a political maneuvering than anything. So every every offering of, you know, leniency, you know, house arrest, that's a, an effort of leniency by right. the Russian government. I mean, they have no reason to do that. They're looking at the U.S. and they're engaging in negotiations. And so they're saying, if you want her on house arrest, you got to give us something. We're not just doing it. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised this hearing was extended another 30 days until June. Um, but I am aware that I think there's negotiations, significant negotiations going on in the background. And it sounds like Russia has made it clear who they want to release from our right. federal custody right. in exchange. And so it's just now a, a matter of terms. And hopefully we can sort that out and, and get Brittany back on home soil soon. So I saw a tweet this morning that it's the, the prisoner swap negotiations, that it's possible that uh, Russia wants a guy called the Merchant of Death, who yeah. I recently looked up, and he's an arms dealer that was arrested in Thailand and extradited to the United States. Um, it, I don't Fair know. Fair trade? He, I was, <laughs> that's what I was going to say. Like, it's, it's a weird question to ask about trading humans, but like WNBA player for a guy with the nickname Merchant of Death d doesn't seem right. Yeah, you know, it doesn't seem right at all. But uh, our interests are first and foremost protecting American citizens and also and that involves getting Britney back home, but also making sure this merchant of death or doom, whatever he is, if we if we release him, that he never comes back. And so that's just the critical thing. And that's what they've got to figure out. How do how do we make that exchange happen without regretting it later on? And I, I don't think it's easy. And so it'll take some time. Will you be right, surprised Ash. if it's if the, this negotiation doesn't release? Um, I maybe not this one, but I anticipate the government working really diligently to get her released. But uh, who knows? I mean, Putin's doing crazy stuff, so and he's not necessarily acting rationally ever, at every step of the way. So uh, I I don't think I wouldn't count on anything. I don't want to make predictions. I'm just trying to be optimistic. All right, before we let you go. You, you might need to make a prediction here. Who do you want to be the next head coach of the Golden Knights? Oh, I don't know. But isn't that guy Trotz or something? Yeah, yeah I think that's Maybe. who everyone wants. But yeah. I don't know. I just want someone who can 
uh, kick our team into gear and, and maximize all those dollars we're paying those players to, you know, I don't know, score some goals. I think that's the objective <laughs> of hockey, right? Make the playoffs. That might be nice. That'd be yeah. a helpful thing to do. Well, yeah, she is Ash. Goals Go get you in the playoffs. Yeah, so. yeah, yep. 7ashlaw.com, 702-820-1234. Ash, as always, we appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, Ash. Thank you, guys. Thanks to Sam. I right. will tell Sam you say hi. Yeah. Coming up next, it's Bischoff's Briefs. Bischoff's Briefs. You know what happened last month without anybody noticing? This is for real. Webster's Dictionary expanded the definition of the word literally to include the way it's commonly misused. Bischoff's Briefs. So the thing is, we no longer have a word in the English language that means literally. It literally doesn't have a synonym. Bischoff's Briefs. We're going to have to find a Latin word for it and use it. But see, I don't know any Latin. Bischoff's Briefs. So when I say that I am literally going to set fire to this building with you in it, you don't know if I'm speaking figuratively or literally. Some baseball in Bischoff's Briefs today on the Las Vegas A's. But before I I did want to let everybody know, the Astros hit five home runs in one inning yesterday. Um, Nathan Avaldi for the Red Sox had a five-pitch one-two-three first inning, and in the second inning he gave up five home runs and got pulled without getting out of the second inning. I uh, had the uh, mute button on. I'm muting from here as well. You oh, got we'll mute, your mute go. button on. I'm getting my mute button on. Is that was that as go. impressive as the first ever day-night doubleheader, twi-night doubleheader in Dodger Stadium history where they swept the uh, Diamondbacks? I feel like that's not impressive because everybody else has already done it. <laughs> like, it's the last last stadium in baseball to have a day-night doubleheader. Oh, apparently. man. And it's the Diamondbacks. Like, yeah, it's true. That it's good. true. They're not that good. But Bischoff's Briefs today, we're looking at the A's because Eno Saris had a story looking at the Oakland A's and basically asking the question, why are they not doing more? to increase their attendance. Uh, the A's are currently averaging 8,700 as their per-game attendance, which is the lowest in the majors, and that is uh, probably an overinflated number for people that are actually there. And Eno Saris' story, he goes through a few things, right? The A's have their lowest payroll since 2000, and that's adjusted for inflation. Uh, the A's raise season ticket prices on a lot of their season ticket holders. Um, there was one season ticket holder they talked to that in 2019 had $600 season tickets. They took away the, the package that he bought, and he was quoted as saying, this season, not a single soul from ticket sales contacted me. I did get a generic email telling me to log into my account and choose tickets I wanted. And when I did, the cheapest tickets I could find were $1,500. Um, they've cut concession stand choices at the ballpark, which it might also be because nobody's there, but there's less concession stand options. And parking is really expensive. Apparently, I haven't actually been, but apparently you might have to pay $40 to park to go be one of the seven For a people. baseball game? At the A's game. Yep, apparently. I was just at game six of the World Series, and parking was 50 bucks. Wow. And you might have to pay 40 bucks to go watch the A's play on a Tuesday night uh, in Oakland. So here's my theory on this. The A's want to have the worst attendance in MLB history. 
the A's want to have embarrassing photos of their home games. The A's want to have 12 people there. And the reason that I think they want that is because they want to point to the Coliseum. They want to point to the stadium they play in and say, this place is so bad, we have to get out. And we need your help. You need to give us public money so we can be a respectable Major League Baseball team again. So give us public money. We'll build a nice new stadium. People will come watch it, and we'll have a good team again. Because Dave Cobble has already come out and said, hey, once we get a new stadium, we're going to spend as oh, much money yeah. as Oh, yeah, there's not going to be trading anymore of the good players. Right. That's not going to happen anymore. He's already He's on come record. Out and said that, that if they get a new stadium, they'll start yeah. spending money on players. He and which... Billy have been talking about that, according to him. You should not believe, but I truly, I truly believe that the Oakland A's want their situation in the Coliseum to look as bad as possible <laughs> so that they can point to it and say, Hey, we need to get out of here. You're not, we're not going to be a respectable team until we have a new stadium and you have to give us money so we can build that stadium. And whether that's to us in Vegas or to Oakland, where they're trying to build their Howard terminal site. They just want public money, and I think this is part of the plan, part of the process for them to get that. You haven't even said the best thing in terms of proving that they need a new stadium that was on the Internet this week. Did you see the possum oh in the God. press box? The possum. In the press the box. Minnesota Twins broadcast crew had to leave their, their booth because there's an exterminator trying to get rid of a possum, possum. this week. This, this goes beyond the uh, mice we found in the soda machine when we were up there covering the Raiders that one year. And we're on deadline, and someone yells, there's a mouse in the soda machine. We all went up there and took pictures of it. That was great. Great place. Got to love it. Like, there is no doubt the Coliseum sucks. Oh, and there's no doubt that, complete dump. that the A's should be trying to get yes. out of the Coliseum. Yes. But I believe they could make it better. I believe they could put in a little bit more effort to make that place nicer, to make that place better, and to get more fans at the game. One of the examples that um, Eno Saris used in his story was, I think it was 2019, maybe it's 2018. The A's, they've always, yeah, they had bad attendance. They had a game where they just, it was free. You didn't have to buy a ticket. They just got people in and then tried to make money off concessions or whatever. And apparently had 50,000 people show up because they were like, hey, yeah, come on in. They're not willing to do anything like that this year. No, they're not marketing think, like that. Right. I think they want bad crowds. And I think they there's probably a part of them that's happy that there were pictures of a possum in the press. Oh, yeah, that's that. That's cherry on top of the Sunday when you have rodents right. and possums and mice and everyone else in there. And the, the poor the poor media. How about the poor twins writer on deadline looking up saying, well, this is new. <laughs> Like I'm, I'm typing my story as fast as possible. I don't even know what my story says, but I'm filing it and running for the hills when I see that coming out of the wall. I mean, Jesus! He goes, oh, "This is new." Sorry, Review Journal. I'm I'm about three paragraphs short yes, and just exactly. typed possum. You wanted seven hundred words. You're getting four hundred and sixty-two <laughs> because there's a possum above my head coming out of this coming out of the ceiling. It just bit me, and I have to go get a rabies <laughs> exactly. shot now. Because oh. of possums in the press box. Oh. So it's a it's a fascinating look because the story here, by the way, they quote Dave Cobble, the president of the A's, multiple times where he's try he's basically refuting this whole idea that they're not doing much. He's like, hey, we have a drone show. He's like, we do a lot of stuff for our fans to come in. And it's like, okay, yeah, you do some stuff, but it's still 
it's not anywhere close to what some other teams do. I mean, apparently the A's have like almost no promotions this year. Like there's no like bobblehead night or anything like that. And <laughs> Dodgers have I one just, of those every week. Right. I was going to say <laughs> like the Astros every Friday home game this year, they're giving away jerseys every yeah. Saturday home game. They're giving away bobbleheads. Bobbleheads. Everyone gets That's one. Every, sure. every single – it doesn't matter who they're playing. doesn't matter if they're already getting a big crowd. They're, they're doing that. And they're also giving away, like, ALCS rings, like, six times throughout the year. Like, there, there's a giveaway for almost every home game they play, and the A's have apparently had, like, one so far this year. And I, so there's just no effort on the A's to make their current situation better, and I think it's because they want it to be bad so they can point to it and say, look how bad we have it. However, on Friday, June 17th, when the Royals go to Oakland, it is hat night at the ballpark. Oh, hat night. Do you right. get a hat or do you have to wear your own hat? It just says hat day. The hat with a picture, <laughs> the hat with a picture of a possum on it. New mascot? New mascot. Put- yeah, they, 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 that's a good call right there. Those, uh, those special City Connect jerseys they're doing, <laughs> Oakland's going to have a possum on the front of it now? Be fun. Or a mouse in the soda machine? Yeah, I One mean, of the two. Your uh, your point's well taken. Um, why else would they be doing this except to you know show the city council or whoever's going to vote on the public money that this is a rundown, you know, decrepit, you know, awful, awful place, and we need you know, like you said, your help to get something new. I mean, there's no other right. reason to do all this. Now they've done they've been doing the players for a while now in terms of they you know they give away all their good players, but now this is about the uh, the facility. I I've got to be honest with you. I can't. I can't believe the forty dollars for parking. I don't know why that keeps standing out in my mind for a baseball game, for like a, a Monday afternoon baseball game against like the Rays or something. I'm paying, spending forty bucks for parking. Yeah, I mean, I'd be I, pissed at that if I was a council. I'm trying to think. The last time I paid for parking, I think was when we went to that BTS concert, right? Like a sellout right. at Allegiant Stadium, and I think we paid fifty bucks for that. And you prepaid to- that. Right, and you're telling me to go be one of the 17 people watching the A's play that I, I might have to pay 40 bucks to park somewhere. And again, I haven't been. This is me reading off of social media and people complaining about it. But they, I, there have been pictures that say $40 on a sign. So I, I don't know. I just it it definitely. The, here's the thing: the A's are in a like being in the Coliseum is a bad situation. There's there's no doubt about it. Like it's not, it's the worst situation any probably any pro sports team is in as far as their venue no, so, yeah as well, far as their facility for sure well, okay hold on what's worse the coyotes or the a's i think the a's are i think I mean, so too I, I think the a's are the coyotes are just funny i mean they're playing at arizona <laughs> state but you know i mean it's probably a nice arena it's probably well it's a nice college arena but i mean right. i don't think there's mice running around and possums i mean i think no this is i think the a's are worse i think the a's like, are worse they're in the worst scenario that any of our pro sports teams in this country are, are probably in. Like, in all honesty, Lights FC at Cashman Field might be a better That's a better facility right than this. Than what the A's are, are, are dealing with. But it doesn't appear as though they are making legitimate efforts to make their situation better. It appears as though they're doing as little as possible so that it looks as bad as possible. Right. And they can point to it and be like, look what we have to deal with. We need money. Please give us money so we can build a new yeah. ballpark on the water in Oakland. Or if that doesn't work out, please give us money, Vegas or Portland or San Antonio, wherever they end up trying to go next. We want to try to build a new ballpark here because look how bad it is for us. So that is the that's what I believe is going on in Oakland. Dave Cobble's gonna fight that publicly because you well, can't he's come never out gonna admit that. Say, no. Right, yeah, we want it to no, suck he's here. He's never gonna admit that. But 
Yeah, that is. And by the way, on the roster, that was one other detail that uh, Eno Saros' story had. He was kind of looking through, and he was like, usually when the Oakland A's uh, trade off good players because they don't want to pay them, they usually still would spend some money. They would still go find and sign some decent players that were, you know, that they uh, identified as being undervalued by the market. They would still spend some money. This year, they didn't spend any. Like, they traded off their two or three four best players i think it was and they didn't they did not add anybody of significance so like even from the uh roster standpoint they did not try in the same oakland a's way that they normally try which is to go find yeah. undervalued players they didn't even do that this offseason they just want to suck it's showing in the, showing the, in the standings because they stink right they've they're they're behind the texas Rangers. yeah they're behind the texas like, rangers are behind the mariners they're already nine out uh so they're not any good. So it's definitely showing yeah. what they did. So it's it's a bad situation for the A's, and I think they're making it worse. All right, coming up next, we end the show. But first, we got some more tickets to give away. David Blaine, his first ever residency is here in Las Vegas. And if you want a pair of tickets to go see David Blaine at Resorts World Theater, it opens in September. So we got a little while here. But we got two tickets to go see David Blaine. In September, 702-364-1100 is the phone number. Tickets for David Blaine Live are going to go on sale Monday, May 23rd, but you can win a pair from us right now. 702-364-1100 is the phone number. We'll take caller number five. Talk to Aaron Taylor, the real estate guy. You're sitting in the press box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Follow them on Twitter at Ed Graney and Bischoff underscore Tyler. All right, Ed, the PGA Championship starts tomorrow. Right. And Tiger Woods is playing in it. Right. I think, who's he, who's he paired up with in, in the first? Uh, is he with McElroy and Spieth? I think is that that's yeah, the heck grouping. A, heck of a trio. Yeah, I think that's the grouping until the cut. Um, can you explain to me why they're in Tulsa, Oklahoma? Well, d- doesn't the PGA go uh, different places each year and you bid on it? Like you, like they, Allegiant, and- like the Vegas bids on events? And they chose Tulsa? Yeah, Tulsa might be putting up a lot of money. Okay, they must. Is this like the World Cup going to Qatar? And yes. Like, oh, yeah. they, they just gave us a lot well, of money. Well, I don't money, know if it's so. like that. Okay. <laughs> I think Tulsa's Sorry, a Tulsa. Little, uh, Tulsa's don't probably. want to accuse you of what no. Qatar's done. Uh, but I'm just, exactly. Yeah. But no, I'm just, it was just reading like, oh, yeah, Tiger Woods playing in the PGA Championship. Hopefully he makes the cut and is in contention. Then I'm like, if, it's in Tulsa. Why the hell are they going to Tulsa? If he wins, the books say it's the biggest uh, loss ever. Is that going to be that way for every tournament he plays well, in until, for the he's first, until he starts winning again for the foreseeable well, yeah. future? Yeah. Because yeah. he's going to have Biggest relatively ever. big odds. Yes. And everybody loves Tiger Woods. Yes. So they're going to bet on him and nobody else. Yeah. I believe it. So basically, if he ever wins another major tournament or something, then the books, it's going to be their worst golf. Yeah. I, I believe that's going to be true because why? Huge he, long shot. He's, but here's the thing. If you're betting on Tiger, you're probably getting terrible odds because he's a massive underdog. Well, he's a big long shot, but yeah. you're not going to get the right odds because the books are like, well, we can't list him at – what's he even listed at? We, you can't list him at 40 to 1 or no. something like that, can you? I don't think so. I mean, I, I just saw I saw Dewey's story this morning saying they don't want they want anyone else but him winning because it would just be massive, be massive losses. So I know uh... – I'm looking up the odds wow. to win, but yesterday, 70. yesterday 70 when I looked, won. oh, seventy. He to went one. off of seventy. 
Or that's yeah. just yesterday. Well, that's this what was... Tyler just said. Okay. Yeah. Vegas right. Insider has him at 70 to 1. Oof. Should have put some money on it. I know he's uh He's not going to win, Ed. As of Monday, he was 4 to 1 just to finish in the top 20. Oh. Oh, well. That is uh Scotty Scheffler is the favorite and yeah. John John Rahm and Scotty John Scheffler, and Scotty Scheffler. To, are 12 to 1. Uh Danny found on the Oakland website, this is interesting. You know that hat night? It's the only one that doesn't say giveaway. So, it, so you wear your own hat. So I think it's you're wearing your own hat. That's that's the that's the big night. They are giving away bucket hats because that actually says giveaway by it. Hat night just has says hat night. So yeah, it just have, says wear your hat. Yeah, they have like three or four hat nights, but it doesn't say giveaway. But it says giveaway under bucket hat, and it also has a giveaway of Black Panther Funko Pop toy. <laughs> so yeah, I think you have to you have to provide your own hat on hat day. That is awesome. I mean, it's okay. a baseball game. Most people are wearing hats anyway. Right, it's already hat like, day. Yeah, it's right. already I, hat day every day. I like I like I said earlier, the Astros promotional schedule. Every Friday night home game, you get a jersey. Every Saturday home game, you get a bobblehead. I pulled up the A's promotional schedule. Their next promo is Sunday, May 29th against the Rangers. The promo is kids run around the bases. Oh, it's a big one. So you don't get anything. You just run around the bases. Their next promo is May 30th against the Astros. It is simply Memorial Day. There's no giveaway. There's nothing special. They're just letting you know <laughs> it's Memorial that Day. it is Memorial Day. Uh, then they have they are giving away a cup from the concession stand. You can get oh. a cup from the – it's a 1972 reunion team cup. Yeah, but the problem um, is you can't go get soda because they've cut those out. <laughs> what, are you going to get some water at the, at the fountain? Get some water at the fountain? There, that's what you can pour in your cup. You have to wait they, for the sprinklers to come on yeah, and fill exactly. up your cup. They have, they have a, they, you're right, they do have a couple of hat days on here. That's the only thing. But it doesn't say away. giveaway around it. The whole, well, I, I see bucket hat. Bucket hat, yes, tonight. bucket hat, giveaway. Uh, they're going to have African American Heritage Day hat giveaway. Okay. So they're they're giving away like four hats this year. They're doing, they do do a drone show. You said there was a Black Panther Funko Pop. Right. Um, and then everything else is just like, hey, the kids get to run around the bases. Or, hey, it's Memorial Day. They're a nightmare. Listen, the Dodgers are giving nightmare. away a Muncie bobblehead, and the guy's hitting 110. <laughs> Put Muncie in the batter's box. He'll yes, adjust exactly. as well. Get the bobblehead in there.